0: books, and we'll be able
1: it. you mean it could be done either way for you to
0: Folks, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Fans of Monsters Radio, where we explore the strange and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Strickler. Thank you for joining me. Now, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe, like, and share our presentations, and, and please feel free to leave a comment. Uh, Super chat's active during the show, so please show your support for Fans of Monsters Radio by clicking the dollar icon underneath the chat. You can also support the channel by uh, clicking super thanks icon or a buy me a coffee link or banner. Your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So tonight we've got the team. Uh got a few of the, the folks from the Fans of Monsters 14 research team joining me this evening. And we're going to talk about a few things. So I hope you enjoy it. Then we're going to start off Carter Bouchart, who has been an investigator with BFRO for the uh, last 13 years. Originally from Texas and currently lives in Missouri. He has had nearly 100 reports published on the BFRO website and has interviewed over 400 witnesses and counting. He is an experienced outdoorsman and trained as an investigator for MUFON. He studied herpetology in college, longtime special interest in Sasquatch long-term habituation sites, burial research, infrasound, language, and stick structures. He is a true boots on the ground researcher and investigator. And not a desktop warrior. He has met and visited the properties of nearly half of the witnesses whose reports have been published. He monitors and visits several properties with ongoing habituation activity to this day. He's the author of five books Sasquatch Evidence of the Enigma, One, Two, Three, and second editions of his first two books. Carter is the active member of Fans of Monster 14's research team. His website can be found at RelicHominid.com. Com. Thomas Carroll is a resident of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, as an avid outdoorsman and hunter. He joined Family's Monsters 14 Research about a year ago and has already been involved with several investigations in western Pennsylvania. Thomas also hosts the Forgotten Faces podcast, which focuses on the Korean War. And Chad M. Redding grew up in the Pigeon Hills region of western York County, Pennsylvania. A uh, lifetime of roaming the woods, hills, and hollows led Chad to develop his passion skills as a, a woodsman. Very, very much an avid lover of old traditional ways and old things, he, his love of the forest and mountains know no bounds. For he has camped, rambled, gathered, canoed, and fished in all four seasons. As a lover of the local history and folklore, wanderer of forgotten places and lifelong experiencer of the strange chad also contributes to and works with timothy renner on the of the uh, strange familiars podcast chad is also an active member of fans of monsters 14 research team chad became the proprietor of ruck rabbit outdoors a company that supplies old style crafted curated and refurbished and surplus gear to the woods folk community so gentlemen thanks for joining me this evening
2: well you're quite welcome
0: you're gonna get everybody up there vincent i guess he did okay (laughs) good Uh, thanks for having me yeah i'm I'm glad you all made it um it's been kind of busy i mean you know then when i say busy for me it's mostly what's going on in chicago but i'm gonna go around the horn here uh carter give us an idea what you've been up to what you've been looking into recently
2: well uh my habituation uh, properties I manage uh, or monitor. Let's just say four of them, and uh, one of them is off the charts, crazy busy. It's kept me kept me pretty busy since July when right. they had all, still do have a lot of stuff going on, but it uh, that's been occupying most of my time. And I just released my book, so I just finished it. Uh, three weeks ago i mean i literally i've been working on it since october and so i just got done with that so you know the winter i just kind of hibernated and wrote and monitored this uh bizarre place i have oh there's another one <laughs> that's the other place i'm monitoring uh that's crazy right now uh <clears throat> that's uh i can't tell you where it is but uh, that book cover right there uh that's got a lot a very interesting story behind it the basically uh, there's four seconds between the hunter the landowner walking checking his cameras four seconds later that Sasquatch appeared right is where that you. right yeah look at the time date stamp it's like a 312 in the afternoon and 36 seconds the handprint is 312. Forty seconds. Wow, interesting. You can see it's the same place. You can see the shadow uh, beneath the hand. You can see the shadow beneath the uh, the hunter. You can see the logling in the background. You can see the logling in the background there. Uh, it, I've been there. I've been there twice. You know, and uh, I think Hulu actually. We uh, we taped a show that never is going to see the light of day uh, there, but. Uh, <laughs> mostly due to infighting with the production people i mean it was just oh. it was a mess you know it, it's a it's a long story i mean very nice uh, been there yeah you know uh yep. yeah somebody took over uh the uh filming uh halfway through and it, it screwed it all up so anyway but uh, so that's what i've been doing the last six eight months is finishing that book right there you're looking at and there's mm-hmm. two really awesome stories in there among others but uh uh that's what I've been up to pretty crazy stuff though actually it, it's it's pretty exciting you know and uh it's it, so uh uh they have ongoing activity they had chased a sasquatch out of uh their Quant, I'll call it. it.'s they have three uh, big buildings that are uh, basically uh, oh what do you call them? They're, they're vegetable growing uh, they're growing vegetables in the winter. So there's hmm. three uh, basically uh, tents in a row. They're long uh, tents uh, with arched roof and uh, you know heavy plastic, got heaters in them. Uh, to grow, uh, but they uh, they have five or six Sasquatch monitoring their property. They're standing there watching them, literally standing behind a tree or standing out next to the tree, just watching my people work their land. I mean, they're just, mm. they have no fear. And
0: this uh, is in Missouri?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't say
0: I can't say where, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah, I understand.
2: Yeah, it's Missouri, and here's here's the thing:
0: uh, the uh,
2: father has had two sightings, Class A's, and mm-hmm. now he has a son and two or three other sons, and they all have activity on their respective properties, and so. It, it, it's just crazy, you know, I mean, you know, I went and met everybody and there was like nine people in there. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. They all just show me all these pictures and photos and stuff. And I'm just, Oh my God. I, I think I just hit the Powerball. Oh My goodness. <laughs> it, was, it was really, it was awesome. I mean, they were just so energetic and excited and to have somebody down there, you know, and uh, you know, the, the neighborhood has kind of ostracized them a little bit where they live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh the stories are just fantastical you know so um i've been down there twice and i'm going back again because we got to figure out a way to get uh camera trap set uh, but, uh some of the if we have time later maybe uh, some of the photos uh okay I, i've sent them to uh vince so he's got them but anyway that's what i went up to know, just okay. finish the book and uh this thing fell in my lap as I was halfway through the book. I mean, I, I didn't even know these people. Right. So a former witness who knows them, you know, he's had two Sasquatch. He's uh, Two of my reports are Class A visual face-to-face encounters with a Sasquatch. You know, one when he was up in a blind and one when he was just standing there face-to-face, you know, 30, 40 feet away from each other. Just crazy right. stuff. You know, but these people are attracted to these simple, hardworking folks, you know, they, they, they don't kill for sport. They kill to feed their families. Um, they, they have Sasquatch on their property monitoring what's going on. This family that, uh, where I got this here in Missouri, they have three family members, each with their own activity on their own properties. So there's like, and they're all related to know each other very well. So there's like five people, five separate properties, all within about a three or four mile area uh, having all sorts of just crazy stuff. I mean, it's just, they walk around like they, they own the place and they do. I mean, <laughs> they, they come and go, you can watch them watching them, you know, it's, it's just bizarre, but it, that's what it's like when you're in a rural area in these sasquatch trust you they come and they go the people come and go they took pictures they you know they try to take pictures I've got some pretty good photos uh, which you might see later but it's just uh, it's just bizarre and phenomenal that these beings there's five sasquatch on that property uh, that I'm speaking of and they they this they they see them all the time daily if they want to I mean, it's just because they're in the middle of nowhere. It's, mm. it's, it's fantastic. You know, it's, it's, this is one of the best habituation families I've met so far. I've got two or three others that are pretty much off the charts. But this one's this one's starting to take the cake. We really see some of those photos. It's mind-blowing. Anyway.
0: Mm. Well, um, now, Thomas and, and Chad uh, are part of the Pennsylvania team here. And uh, they've been doing some things i don't know if chad's had a case that he's been part of one but uh which we're going to look into i'm going to talk about but thomas he had an investigation up in cambria county so why don't you give us a an overlook of what you you saw up there
1: well we went up there uh twice i went up in the spring and then later on in the summer and the first the first one in the spring we had actually found a a several day old uh, Bigfoot print and the witnesses there had uh, several encounters over a short span in that very area and have had many encounters over the years, which the Wilmore, the Wilmore reservoir kind of seems to be a hotbed for canines. Now we I didn't find any sign of canines, but we did see sign of Bigfoot. Uh, they, they had said that whatever it was, they didn't see it. They could hear it. It was definitely walking on two legs. And it more or less seemed to be just following them around, checking them out. It it never never did anything to them, never bothered them. Uh, but we went back in the summer and, and found no no definitive sign there so i i'm of the belief that maybe the spring is more likely for them a migration of some sorts maybe that mm. they come and go yeah in fact well, that, area, that
0: area is well known for cryptic canines i mean we like i said I, I told you earlier we've had well including what you looked into that's four sightings up there on that reservoir that's wilmore reservoir and that's just north of portage isn't it yeah, well, that area up there.
1: It, it's more west of Portage than north, okay. but it, it's it's all within a couple mile area. And it, it's it's very heavily wooded. There's not much there all, all farmland. Like so in fact, we never when we were there in the spring, even uh Bernadette had an experience of something. We're not sure what. She could hear like something rushed up on her. Yeah, I remember. I I didn't hear it. I was, I was off the woods a, a little bit and it, whatever it was, we never saw it, but she said it was, it was big. Mm. Like it was trying to just scare us out of there. So.
0: Well, you know, Butch, uh, Butch investigated a few of the sightings up there and in Portage. We had three sightings right in Portage, uh, back in 2014, 15, around that time uh then up there at the wilmore reservoir and this is all in cambria county um we had a a white cryptid canine sighting, and it could i mean you know that's what they said it was it could have even been a bigfoot i don't know but um you know i i do know we have had cases you know we have had sightings up there reported to us and i've talked to um and I've talked to Stan about it. He's also heard a few things up there. So yeah, Cambridge County is a kind of a hot spot for us.
1: Yeah, it, uh, I know the witnesses. They said their their family had had experiences uh, for years. Even they said their father had seen a winged humanoid r- right at the reservoir itself really? years years ago. Yeah,
0: doesn't surprise me. So Chad, uh, what you been up to? I, I know you. Uh, you know we. We've been we talked before. Uh, you and I were at that, that Bigfoot meeting up by uh, Biglerville, up the other side of uh, Misho. Uh, so, what you've been looking into lately?
3: Well, back in October, I went camping up in Tuscarora State Forest, which is about an hour and a half north from where I'm located in York County.
4: Yeah, I know. And it
3: I well. had I had a friend of mine, well, two friends of mine, come from uh, down from Canada. And uh, it was for their podcast and partially for ours. And we spent basically two nights and three days in this place known as uh, Pandemonium, Mm -hmm. which is listed as a ghost town, literally as a ghost town. It used to also be an old CCC camp. And within those two nights, we had multiple phenomenon. Um, We actually had on the uh, last night, well the first night a friend of mine was sleeping in his tent he had something to actually poke through his tent and rub the bottom of his foot which was quite interesting. We had one or two uh wood knocks, I guess you could say or bangs on trees. They weren't actual tree noises we know. We know what the tree noises. We had the four guys that were counting me that were in this that were in this that were we were all camping together. We're all very experienced outdoorsmen, all four of us. So we had a lot of knowledge in that camp of different regions. My friend Caleb, who was from Canada, he's been to the Amazon. He's been out to Wyoming. He's been to uh, various places. And um, a lot of the, the noises we heard, we couldn't explain. On the second night, we actually had something come into camp, and we saw it on the edge of the firelight, mm. and uh, on the edge of the firelight and the uh, the lantern light we had going. It was huge and gray. It actually came up behind my friend Tom's tent, which was pretty darn spooky. And then we had a lot of uh, also the typical uh, high strangeness phenomenon, lights in the woods, stuff like that. Didn't really hear any uh, calls. Though me and Tim had camped in that area, uh, I think, uh, three years ago, two or three years ago. And we had, we actually had uh, calls in that area. Me and Tim were woken up by multiple wood wood knocks that night. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the second night, like I said, we had something come into camp. We decided that we were going to walk the perimeter to try and, you know, establish a perimeter. And my friend Caleb is actually Indigenous Canadian, and uh, we saw multiple things moving up and down the hill because it was it was moonlight. You could see these things moving up and down. We were camped on the side of a mountain, and you could see it moving up and down the mountainside, down into a swamp down below us. We ended up seeing this huge light. We have no idea what it was. It was it was bright. It was I was. I would say, almost from my perspective, for the distant, it was probably about, I would guess, a quarter of a mile away or something like that. But you could see it lit up the whole woods. It was just look. It looked like somebody had a spotlight through a crystal, and there was multiple beams coming up, and you could just see it traveling through the woods down in the valley, which was basically a swamp. It was just this big, bright white light. There was nobody in that area at all. There's no roads that go through there. The the trees and the bushes were all lit up by this and then it just went out. And then this, this you'll like uh, towards the end, there's a spot where it kind of comes down, it evens out. And then there's a rock formations and it drops down. I don't want to say a cliff, but it's like a steep drop down into the, uh, where the swamp is where the Creek runs through the Valley. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a narrow Valley between two mountains. And uh, he saw what he said, Saw so something humanoid stand up, lift its arms up or wings, and then just go straight up into the sky.
0: Is that right?
3: Yes. Yes. And all this was over the course of basically two days and three nights. Uh, during the day, we we thought we'd seen some weird rhombus shapes moving mm-hmm. through the woods, um, up in the uh, trees, So, which was kind of bizarre. But... We have that uh we have there's this one encounter down below york and lake redmond that we're going to be checking into um a man had uh an encounter with a sasquatch which is pretty unusual because you know that area it's not deep woods at all well but
0: i we have had sightings down there and uh, uh there's a um for people who don't know York, Pennsylvania, you know it's it's just north of the Maryland line, but down there, Lake Redmond, I guess that's the water reservoir for York City.
3: Yeah, it's one of, one of the reservoirs. It's actually uh, like right. two or three lakes that kind of join each other, Right. and it's kind of state park lands or county park lands.
0: Well, there but, there had been a, there had been a lot of sightings, even down closer to, and you know Tim knows this because Tim oh, used yeah. to live down in Maryland. So he, he knows there's been a lot of sightings near the uh, Mason-Dixon line. And, uh, yeah, we get a lot of crazy stuff around here.
3: Well, we've had a lot of activities down in there, yeah. you know, spe- especially in the one spot we call Gazoo's Woods. Um, uh, I just recently, just this weekend, had a gentleman contact me, and he had a uh, a sighting back in 2008 in Michaux State Forest. Which you know is one of my is one of my normal rambling spots, and yeah. um, now this is older. But basically, he was camping down in a ridge, and and he was one of these guys that do the long hunter reenactments.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: basically, they were sleeping at, with, with wool blankets by a long fire. So there was no tent or anything like that.
0: Oh, and what, it was in the, what, where at in Do you know the general area?
3: I think he said Newman Road. So okay. I think it's on the western side. Right, And basically they had heard a noise And then they looked over And the woods was lit up With like a bluish light And then they were mm-hmm. hearing the garbled noises Which he said later on he went back And he checked over and it was similar to the samurai speech Oh so,
0: my god I so, hear about that so many times People <laughs> talking about that That samurai speech Cardi, have you ever heard that from anybody? Any witnesses?
2: Uh, I've heard it myself Oh, uh, have you? Yeah, I went to, uh, I was having a a rough week and I told my wife, I'm going to go down to our research area, Allentown, Missouri, I'm going to get away and go. And I had all my equipment and everything. When I got there, I said, you know, screw it. I don't, I don't want to put my equipment out. So I sat there on the fire. I'd had a bad week and I I was just drinking at the fire. I had all my equipment sitting out and I told the, the Sasquatch, I said, hey guys, I'm here. I don't have any cameras up. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. I've had a bad week. If you want to come talk to me, throw a rock, do something, I'm here. <laughs> Otherwise, that's it. There's no equipment. There's no cameras.
3: You're right. free to just, move about just, the area. just don't hit me with the rock, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. don't hit me with yeah. the rock.
2: <laughs> and so I hear this, who oh, are you going to go Oh, Who are going to go what? <laughs> just yeah. bizarre stuff. And I knew what it was, but, but this is an area where I can go 90% of the time. I'm going to have some kind of activity. So I heard that chatter. It was just, it was a million miles an hour and it didn't make, and there was some uh, laughing. They were like laughing, like kind of like hyenas, <laughs> just, you know, snickering and, you know, and like they were trying to hide it and yeah. then they would just laugh out loud. It was just bizarre. I almost thought it was juveniles, you know, because it, you know, the the, the tonality of the voice wasn't large. So uh, I've heard that, you know. Yeah. And Ron, you know, did commentary on my first book. I mean, he's like the guy for that that Chinaman chatter, that that language. But I've heard it. Other people have heard. It, so several of my witnesses have had their names called. Yeah. It's the romantic nickname that their spouses call them when they're <laughs> them around the house. You hear this since Shin, since in sin. sin, sin. which is Cindy Shin right. Shin, since because sin. that's what his wife is. That's what her husband calls her like, you know, when there's just them around the house. So, yeah, I, I've heard it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like a real thing. They, they have a language. Yeah. And, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, I've had five I've five had witnesses
0: real. tell me the same thing. I mean, I've never heard it, but I mean, I've had witnesses tell me about it. You know, uh, Chad, I want to ask you this. Uh, you talked about a CCC camp, and uh, and for people who don't know what CCC is, I forget what the, it stood for. Conference, conservation. It's thing. Stability but anyway, like,
3: stuff. The CCC was the Civilian Conservation Corps. Exactly. Camp. It was
0: during, and uh, there,
3: during the 19, 1930s during the Great Depression. They were right, established exactly. to put men to work. And a lot of P- Pennsylvania state forests and state parks were created then.
0: Well, and these, that's what that's I wanted to mention to you because I know there's one up in Michaud. Yeah, and, I've been there. <laughs> and, and that's that. actually, they used that for a POW camp for German prisoners of war during World yeah. War II.
3: Yeah, I've actually recorded. And I was going to ask if you've ever been up there. I've been there numerous times. Um, Yeah, we're also we're currently working on something that has been happening there, and uh, I've recorded some crazy stuff there, and I've camped there and have some odd, bizarre things happen there. So, yeah, it's definitely a active area. Um, Whether it's, I don't know if it's. Paranormal, you know, cryptid, whatever. There, there's been multiple things that have happened. Up I, there.
0: I've heard a few things over there. Um, I've heard, I, I've heard Bigfoot and uh, you know Bigfoot sightings around there. What I, you know, mm-hmm. if anybody knows me show you get Bigfoot sightings here and there, everywhere. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, of course, people don't know that the Appalachian Trail runs right in the middle of that thing, north and yep. south. The and, actual uh,
3: halfway halfway point is there also. Yeah, for the At uh
0: so. yeah who's oh yeah double d who's in there mentioned something about dead woman's Hollow, and uh-huh. uh it's we had a we had an upright canine setting up there and uh uh butch and i looked into so uh yeah misha and deadwood Hollow is it it's an area up off the uh the pine furnace road that goes north uh from Caled- from caledonia up north into the cabin areas into uh laurel lake but uh yeah that's uh yeah we've had we've had upright canine dogman encounters there as well misha is an interesting place it really is
3: it is it, it's got a lot of history um yeah. i mean even as far back as the indigenous peoples because there was actually a, it's very much been disturbed land for a lot of its history Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually an old quarry that the indigenous peoples would quarry rhyolite out which is a uh, material they would use for uh you know weapons and tools and it was traded all up and down the east coast um, yeah. the indigenous peoples fought fought for control of that land um, I read so far I read I have an interest in the iron furnaces and I think I've I've covered I found remains well i've only found remains of five but i i know there's seven or eight of them up there and probably more
0: yeah there are a lot and, of them up there
3: and there's for some reason there's like some kind of connection with like the other and uh cryptids and these iron furnaces I, whether it's just synchronicities or what but it's just it's just you seem to find some kind of like at least in our area because yeah. Yeah, we are we are close lawn yeah. <laughs> in our oh, yeah. in our area you seem to find like connections between these iron furnaces and and these cryptid sightings and so on and yeah, so forth yeah you me and
0: uh oh. um, you me and tim live within 20 miles of each other so yeah we're yeah we're pretty close <laughs> yeah um yeah michelle is a weird place i mean i you know i've i've been up there ever since i was a kid i used to go trout fish i, mean, I used to go fly fishing up there and i've had a few weird experiences but no we, you know and you know bfro actually recognizes it as you know a hot spot in the united states as far as bigfoot activity though i i never really thought that until you know until a couple of years i started getting more and more reports out of there uh for people who, who know the area route 30 runs right in the you know right below um right south of uh caledonia but you know it goes in you know, in the middle of one, well, not in the middle, but it goes it transects uh, Misha State Forest. But people used to tell me at night they used to see Bigfoot walk out there and pick up roadkill on Route Thirty. So I d- um, don't
3: doubt it one bit. I yeah, don't doubt. Yeah,
0: it. It, it's pretty weird.
3: There's th- I, and then I, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I, I was gonna say, and then you just have all the weird place names, such as Dead Dead Woman's Hollow. You have Haunted Hollow. You have yeah. Devil Ant or Devil Something Hollow, uh, Harry Springs, you know, which is H-A-I-R-Y, not Harry as in H-A-R-R-Y. And, you know, it's just, there's just a lot of weirdness that goes on up there and it's, and it's just not all cryptid stuff. There's a, there's a lot that just happens up there. So, I mean, I've had multiple encounters and experiences up there with and without Tim. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's quite a place. Like I said
0: it. I've been going up there ever since I was a little kid, and uh, it, it's always been weird. I got chased out of there by the reservoir one time. Uh, I, I pulled up there, and I was going to go up to the reservoir, and I didn't get but five foot into the the weeds, and something big was coming through, and I got in the car and got the hell out of there. <laughs> I mean, that place, it, it, there's there's a lot going on up there. Yeah.
3: yeah I, course, I, go ahead. I said, yeah, I've been rushed up, up there, too. I had something come. Barrel and threw the, the uh, brush at me, which and then it ended up there was nothing there, right. but there was it wasn't a bear or a deer or anything like that. So right. yeah, I know I know the feeling.
0: <sighs> um, Good. Yeah, uh, we had a question here from King of Huco Mundo. I'm going to ask Carter or any any of y'all can answer this. How tall has the how tall has been the size of the biggest Bigfoot ever recorded? that's kind of a loaded question because there's so many areas where these hairy hominids have been recorded but let's just say in North America what do you think um what do you think Carter uh
2: the biggest one a witness has <coughs> described to me is 12 feet okay and she was up in BC uh, you know Canada okay and the biggest Ones that many people say, as you get further and further north into the hinterlands of Canada, is 15 feet. Uh, they they are claiming to see them, right. and that doesn't seem that outrageous, you know, uh, to me. But you know, uh, 12 feet is the biggest one uh, reported to me, and 15 is traditionally for the hinterlands of canada bc and uh, you know up in that area
0: well we know we've had reports you know down in um down in the day navajo reservation of these behemoths down there
4: mm-hmm.
0: so i mean you know of course these are indigenous people that are telling us the size of these things but it, some of them swear anywhere from 12 to 15 foot so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the hell to say. That's saying. kind of a regular
2: number you hear for the big, yeah. big, big boys, you know? Yeah. And, you know, along with that size, according to many, goes the paranormal skills and aspects, and the smaller ones may not have those skills.
0: Well, that may be.
2: And that, that may I, very I well know, be. Like, when you get into the twelve, fifteen footers up there, and I've got I've got four people I communicate with regularly up there. Uh, they say that's that's pretty average, you know. That's two humans. You put a. Yeah, well, I don't want to run up on your shoulders.
0: That is a yeah. I don't want to run up against anything that big. I'll be honest you know, with you. the yeah, one I, I mean, ran up know, against was big enough. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> I'll run from a, a woman with a pot belly. So if you're like twelve <laughs> feet tall, I'm out of there. <laughs> I ain't to hang around, but you know, it, it would be fascinating. What would you, I mean, I would love to see one that tall. I, I'm fairly certain I would I do anything much over 10, uh, but even 10 is pretty good size when they're also triple quadruple your weight or worse. You just go, okay, you are my new friend. You
0: know, you know we, a lot of these uh, upright canine settings that we get here in Pennsylvania uh i'm talking about the the big muscular you know yeah. the ones that are really shaped i mean 10 foot is like nothing with those things from what the what we're getting from people now i don't know if they're misidentifying them i i wouldn't think so just by the way they they talk to us but uh some of those settings are huge i mean you know here we get into the the whole is it an actual being or is it something that's supernatural or or whatever. But, you know, I, I, we, we reg have regularly gotten sightings that size.
2: Yeah. Here in Missouri, it's usually in the eight to 10 with an occasional trip up to the, you know, 11 or 12. But it's virtually always an approximation. Well, it was uh, one head over that knot in that oak tree. And that that knot is like nine feet. So it must have been at least 10. You know, Mm. that's what you get. But, you know, hey, if you're off by a foot, who cares? (laughs) That's a big boy. That's true. I mean, really, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking about, it, if you're describing a Sasquatch, if you're off by a foot and you're saying, well, between 10 and 12, I mean, it was huge. It was at least as high as my my aunt's birdhouse back there, you know. And so, what's a foot? You know, they can tear you limb from limb if they want, which they don't, but, you know, they, they can. So, it's just by sheer volume and size that they can intimidate you, you know, and that's all you need when you're that big, you know.
1: Uh, you know, I almost want to answer that question with a question. Are they, you know, almost like bears? Different species get different sizes. You know, a grizzly bear gets, you know, twice the size of a black bear. Yeah. yeah. Well, well you hear, like, uh, in Florida,
2: the skunk apes, they're in the four-and-a-half, five-foot range. Maybe yeah. so you get... A little further you know west and north they Man. get a little bigger you get up to you know washington state and oregon they're even bigger in california in the upper north uh, so, so i th- i think it is regional dispersal you know and just different sizes for different species you know
0: well I just like now vincent put up there do you think the sasquatch behavior changes with region and climate i guess you could say with size too
2: yeah yeah well if you're asking that to anybody, I see do you sure. think behavior changes with region and climate? Well, we were just talking about that. You know, uh, the skunk apes are smaller, but they appear to be considerably more aggressive and hostile.
0: Yeah, they seem uh, to be aggressive. Maybe the small
2: man syndrome, you know, like you know, you went to school, <laughs> you know, the short guy at school, he was a uh, foot shorter than everybody else. He was he was always wanting to be a badass, you know. Uh, so it may be. Uh, that it might change. When you're like the biggest guy on the block, you don't have to mess with too much. No one's gonna mess with you. You don't have to do much. So you could mm-hmm. be a little more laid back uh, because you're the king of the beast. If you're a small guy, well, you're gonna be like a little chihuahua nipping at everybody's heels. You know? Well, I'll show you.
4: <laughs>
2: you know, that would make sense. I mean, that's how humans are. You know, if you you're short, some people get a chip. You know, you got you know a short guy with a big truck. All those kind of you know, comparisons. But it's kind of the same thing, I think. In the in the animal world, if you're small and diminutive,
1: you better have something else going for you,
2: or you're just going to have to go to the you know back of the line and you know, eat eat leftovers like everybody else.
1: I I imagine if I was a hairy beast that had to live in the swamps of Florida in that humidity, I'd be angry too. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. ducking pythons and everything else there. Yeah, there. yeah. that's where the uh, term swamp cooler came
2: from because you know they didn't have them down there. You know, so but yeah, I I, I think you know the size dispersal maybe due to climate terrain. The, mm-hmm. If they get bigger up into into Canada and Washington State, you got all the mountains, you got to do all the hiking and climbing uh you know smaller oxygen uh the higher up you go so you might have to be bigger and badder than everybody else in those mm-hmm. areas where you know like here in Missouri uh we have some big boys eight to ten is usually the the range you know six and a half to eight is normal eight to ten is the upper limits with an occasional foray into 11 or 12 but that's rare here far mm-hmm. far, you know
0: well now you guys all three of you guys have, well, haven't been on the team, but, but a couple of years. And, uh, of course you hear me in my foray talking about the wing humanoid phenomena. And, you know, I've never really asked you guys about that. So, you know, why don't you give me a, you know, I'm quite sure you've read the reports. What are we posting and all, what are your thoughts on all that? I'm going to start off with, with, uh, Chad.
3: Like one of my thoughts on the Chicago stuff or just well, not only that, but the
0: whole winged humanoid though, you know, the mothman winged humanoid phenomena.
3: I personally don't have too much experience with that. Okay. Um, and I will say, you know, we do have our local one here, Absolutely. Which, you, which you're very, uh, very familiar with. I, I think you even had a, maybe a possibly an encounter with it yourself yeah and yep yep and (laughs) i don't know Yeah,
0: well that's uh that's probably the the best known one but there have been others too and of
3: course yeah yeah and um, like i said i don't know i don't really it's hard for me to even say on that yeah you know because i haven't had too much experience with it So. so chad where are you at exactly regionally I am in York County, Pennsylvania. So I'm in South Central, South Central yeah. PA. I'm between Gettysburg and York. Gotcha. If you're If you're familiar with that area, yeah, he's pretty yeah, close
0: I, to me. Yeah. You're in Spring Grove, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm li- I'm literally probably like twenty minutes from lawn. <laughs>
0: yeah. And yeah, I live 20- in Adams County, but I'm right on the line. So yeah, I,
3: I'm very close to the line with Adams County. So
0: yeah.
3: I'm, I'm. I roam around most of PA though. I do a lot of hiking and camping all throughout Pennsylvania. So, but um, it seems to be at least in this area here. And I'm just going by with what I know with folklore and the the accounts that we have collected or Tim has collected. And I, the one Mm -hmm. or two I've gotten from strange familiars, they seem to follow the creeks at least here. Yeah, they do. Uh, especially specifically the Conahuaga. Now, whether you have one that also comes from the Cadoras furnace, but in near the river there at the Susquehanna where the Cadoras and the Conahuaga dump out are somewhat close. So whether there's something traveling between those two creeks, I don't know, but it's seems to be, I, I got one contact from somebody that was near, um, new Oxford which is where the little the little Kahnawaga comes in, which is I guess they were somewhat down uh, downstream from Camp Kahnawaga. right? And this was somewhat recently, so I have to oh, follow really? up. Yeah, I'm going to be following up with them. Well, I got their. I, information. I
0: hope you do. i want to hear I, that
3: one. I got their information, so it's only a matter of time before once we, because we have a long list of what we're working through, so what well, we'll eventually get to I, that. I
0: know Tim has talked to me about. And it, it's hard to get into Camp Caughnawaga Now you got to know somebody to get in there.
3: I've tried. Uh, I've tried. Uh, uh, and but they don't want you in there.
0: I know. I'm gonna have. To, I'm gonna see if I can kind of pull some strings because uh, I have wanted to go back up there. Now, of course, there's a um, there's a state game land not far from there either.
3: Yeah, so, we've we've actually roamed that at night uh, along we'll the, along you. the Conahuaga and we had some weird stuff going on. So whether it was that or something else, who knows, but, uh, if you do the history, cause I like to go back to the look at the history and all that stuff. Camp Conahuaga has always been kind of like a, a gathering spot. I think they used to gather there when, the, when this area was frontier, they actually used you to gather that? there, gather there to sell furs and all that stuff. The, um,
0: the susquehannock indians used to that used to be a meeting place for them and then when they got moved out some of the fur trappers set up uh well there was a trading post set up there yep. and then they, that was kind of the uh the gateway into the you know into the west uh you know going into western pennsylvania mm-hmm. and uh there were a lot there were a lot of trading posts up and down there so i you know I uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it's a well-known area. I mean, the Susquehannock used to hang out in there. I know the Shawnee did as well. Uh, it's a little further south for the the Delaware and the Lenape. But you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh, of uh, Native American tribes in that area or in this uh-huh. area. So, yeah, you know,
3: a lot of crossroads. A lot of crossroads. So yeah. And, you know, and then you think about it, if it's a crossroad, it's a liminal space. And a lot of these things happen in liminal spaces. So, and, and I think I even had, I think we just talked to a guy recently and we're going to be talking to him. He has seen it. Now this is down more towards where, where the Conelaga dumps into the Susquehanna. He's down near that area and he has seen something along the lines wow. of the Conelaga phantoms. So
0: well, there's that's- one. Um, there's one right. There was one scene right off Iron Furnace Road too. Okay. Uh, not far okay. from uh, the from the the, uh,
3: the Cadoras furnace.
0: Cadoras furnace.
3: Yep, and that was so, part of the one I was talking about that that seemed to travel between the two furnaces between yeah, the
0: two. Yeah, uh, yeah. A woman, a mother, and a daughter actually. This thing showed up behind their car one day. <laughs> oh yeah. my! <laughs> yeah, but that I would have liked to seen that conversation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i mean i've seen enough of the of the red eye the glowing red eyes and when i say glowing red eyes i don't mean the, the eye shine i'm talking about literally yeah. the glowing red eyes yeah. um i don't know what i would do if i saw like something like drop on the hood of my car or something like that so it'll be quite interesting so but yeah that's my experience you know what it is i don't know and nice. i don't think we'll ever really really know
0: well, Sorry. you know, it, the, the, and this is what I've been saying for a long time. You know, I had my encounter in 1988 up at Canawago. But the, the funny thing is, why am I getting the one involved primarily, of course, with Manuel and, and Tobias with this stuff in Chicago? Because what they're seeing is very similar to what I saw. You know, I've been, I was talking about this thing, 25 years before the things in Chicago started. So I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't get
2: here's, it. Here's a question. Uh, I've been wanting to ask you this forever, but sure. you know, Illinois, you're the king of the Mothman and somewhat Sasquatch, but you, you, you got the Mothman, and Dogman, uh, especially up in the northeast, like Pennsylvania. So I'm just trying to figure: Are they dispersed because of the cave system? Is no one reporting them? Do they like the area? Because you know, uh, Missouri. I've taken out of probably 450 to 500 witnesses. Now I've taken three Dogman reports. One I put in the book uh, with a a photo. Two I just put them as also noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dogman's just not reported down here. But you, for every Sasquatch reporter I get, you get three Mothmans. So they love your corridor up there for whatever reason.
0: I don't know what it is about the Chicago area.
2: Cave system? I don't what know. It's the area? water,
0: huh? the forest, or whatever it is. That's I mean, something we just is. haven't been able to figure out. You know, the, the, the fact that we're getting all these sightings around that airport for more recently... That's crazy, yeah. It, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, 160 sightings so far that we consider to even be val- valid sightings.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, and you know, there's a lot more that aren't getting reported. And uh, yeah, it's it's a hot spot now. Why that is, you know, that area, you, Illinois and Indiana have always been known for uh, thunderbird sightings and. <clears throat> pterosaur sightings and other winged being sightings. I mean, for de- for centuries. I mean, even the indigenous people used to drop petroglyphs and such of yeah. these things. Um, but why these things are showing up now, I, I don't know.
2: But they're so you concentrated. Know. Like Chicago yeah. was like the, the poster boy for Chicago would be the Mothman. You know, Missouri is Sasquatch. You know, I, I just... It, it's that they don't trickle down. What is it? Is it the cave system that they're using to hide? In it? I don't know. Because it is odd that the Mothman, Dogman, Pale Whites, uh, Slenderman, they're, they're not around here. Sasquatch they are, but you, you just get just tiny little snippets of reports of that. But look, up there, you know, you're probably three or four to one on Sasquatch, Sasquatch reports versus Missouri. You know, we have you outnumbered, but you, you, the Mothman, it's just odd that they seem to have lit into a certain region and like it there. Uh, you know, this has been,
0: this has been reported. the big mystery from the very beginning. I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this is something that we've been trying to figure out.
2: Yeah. It's um, just bizarre. Is the, is the, it, do you not have a state income tax in Illinois? So that's why there's more. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what's the attraction? You know, is it a cave system? Is it the climate or is it
0: you the, know, the food source? Illinois, I don't know about cave systems in Illinois. I don't think it's it's as much as here, here in Pennsylvania. I mean, that could be a factor here in Pennsylvania. We've got a lot of caves. Uh, yeah. But...
2: We you know, don't too, I just—we don't have the mountains. You know, we don't have yeah, the mountains. That we well, unless you go south. I mean, you
0: know, you All go down into course. the the Ozarks, but I, you know, and that's another story of the Ozarks. Oh my God, it's oh, crazy yeah. down there.
1: You, um, the men and the sheep are nervous.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, I <laughs> I I was actually thinking about that today, and I have a theory. Okay. You talk about the portals and stuff. Yeah. What what if they're not using portals to come visit us, but more of a shortcut from this dimension to the next?
0: Yeah, that could be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that they're could here briefly well enough to be seen and then, you know. Anything's on the table.
2: You know. And that's why there's the argument with the of the the in my specific area of interest which the Sasquatch, was with the apers and the paranormal or quantum faction yeah that you know so that that's the the never-ending argument is you know they can't do this they can't be this and so we're we're in loggerheads that's why there's all this well you
0: know this is something we ran across this week i mean you know and Uh it's big in the sasquatch community but it's big everywhere why why all the infighting and bickering and moaning and groaning and nobody wants to even want to work together
2: Everybody wants to be number one.
0: Well, I guess that's what it is.
2: I mean, what else is it? Your ego? Is there like a million dollar prize if you're the one or something? I, yeah. It, it, it does not, well, it does make sense. But in that we're all in this together, there should be some even loose knit camaraderie, and there isn't. You know, know, we we discussed this earlier this week when somebody went bonkers over uh, my book cover. Yeah. Just wouldn't let it be and was just trashing me. He's a fellow researcher. It's like, what? You don't have to trash me to disagree and let's have a debate and conversation. So we all have our opinions as to paranormal, quantum, flesh and blood only, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know,
0: which is fine. That's how we get somewhere, you know. Well, that's where we have the group. I mean, you know, but when it comes out of the group, yeah, and uh, that's a problem. And you yeah. know, I'm not put up with that. And you run
2: but. a nice tight ship. You're you have one of the better paranormal operations that I've been a part of. You just well, don't appreciate allow that. it. You know, you don't allow <clears throat> it. And by mean. Uh, you don't allow it, you actually take action. You don't just like go, now you stop that, Bobby. You be nice to Carter. You know, you yeah, I found that it. doesn't you work. Know, it's like,
3: <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah, the thing I, I is,
2: found
4: the, thing doesn't is work.
3: the thing is, honestly, and you said about, our, about everybody's opinions, Carter, when you do this research, you really shouldn't put your opinion on things because if, and I'm not saying you in general, I mean everybody in general. Okay. Uh, you shouldn't put your opinions when you're doing research because if you're doing right, right science, okay, you look at everything, yeah. all the evidence, and okay. then you draw your conclusions by looking at all the evidence, whether it's – and I'm just going to use the, the Bigfoot thing because, like you said, you have the apers and the relic hominids and all, and all that and the high strangeness people and the paranormal and the whole dimension and all that, but you should look at all the evidence – no matter how small and, and inconclusive it is, and just and take it all into account. Because a lot of times when you have the Bigfoot reports, you have the crazy things like lights in the woods, somebody might have seen a UFO or whatever, but you, you should take all that into account. And, and like you said, we should all be kind of working together and looking at it as a, as a whole, holistically. I mean, I think yeah. we would get a little further that way. If, you well, know that's what I mean. why I put
0: no. the team together in the first place. I mean, I, and you know. Exactly.
2: i, I, you know, I I'm feel like last guy to people, fight and argue, but if you're going to start, you know, calling me names and.
3: You know, well, that that's ridiculous. That's just but ridiculous. That's what,
2: that's what we're talking about when you take it yeah. to a level
3: that is yeah.
2: far above professional. It is so beyond like, are you 12 years old or what, what's wrong <laughs> with you? You know. Exactly. I saw one you didn't. I mean, it's just got so high school. It's just ridiculous. I I'm very careful about when I put an opinion out there, I've done, like you said, I do my homework best of my ability. I do my homework. I vet my witnesses best I can, you know, and at the end of the day, you have to like have some faith in your fellow man, not too much, but just enough, you know, but it, it's, it's just bizarre that we are turning on ourselves and it's for no other reason than ego and the possible, big prize at the end of the thing I get to pull the uh you know million dollar pot out of the tree because I found a body it, it, it's it's gone beyond research and it's all satisfying our egos and our positions in in the Sasquatch community right That's the way I look at it it's just like it's gotten ridiculous, you you know. And I, I'm building a website. I'm just going to get off of social here pretty quick because I'm going I'm going to just share my stuff on my web page because, you know, this social media thing. It's great to connect, but boy, do you, you get the little keyboard warrior guys on there. Oh, <laughs> you you're so full of crap. And, oh, you know, I know. It's just it's just like it's like I'm back in high school, junior high even. Heck, you know, kids are more mature in high school. You know, I'm I'm like in junior high. And we all experience it, you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm, I am preaching to the choir. We all did yeah. and hear it, you know? Uh, but when, you know, uh, some of this stuff went down with, you know, people that should know considerably better, they're hurting all of us for their own ego and gratification. That's all they care about. It's a, a lot of people that shouldn't be in this are in it. You know?
0: Yeah. And, uh, but you know you see it you see it all throughout the community you really do yeah. and yeah. I, and some of these arguments just really get bad yeah. um uh and unfortunately there are too many people that just like to see it festering and get worse yeah, yeah. um but but i will say that's not going to happen on my bunch i mean that is just not going to happen i'm not going to put up with that yeah you know, I may right, get criticized for it sometimes, but I, I'm, you know, I I just just am not going to put up with that. We got too much other stuff going. I've got too much other stuff going on. They'd be worried about that. Yeah. And uh, you know,
2: it, so. we always want to kumbaya and be all all for one and one for all. It doesn't happen. It may not happen because right. everybody's, you know, most of the critique comes from people who have been in the woods very little, if at all. They're just keyboard people. I saw this picture. That can't be, you know, I mean, yeah. you comparing apples to, you know, rutabagas. You're not even close. What, what What's your comparison based on? You know, it's just, it's so si- silly. And, you know, in all of this turmoil that we create amongst our investigator selves keeps us in the bog because the more turmoil we have and we're generating, the less likely we're going to get to find anything out because we're too busy trying to be number one and point our finger at him and her. And you're no good. You're You're my friend. I like you and I don't like you. and I don't like you. God, I got, I I quit doing that stuff like, you know, 50 years ago, Jesus, come on people. You know, it's just very frustrating. You know, I mean, you know, it is
0: is. is. well, you know, and that's why I appreciate the team because I mean, we got a bunch of people on there. That are doing a lot of what I'm not doing because I'm not out in the field very rarely anymore, uh, though I'm going to try to eventually. But you know, I'm I'm behind the keyboard doing all kinds of other stuff and taking calls and stuff. But I got, you know, I got folks like you and all going out there and and, and with boots in the ground and looking into cases, and uh, I, I think it works. But
2: well, it just came I, to a head
0: that yeah, it did
2: a few days ago and it was just so out of line, you know, And this person was calling my stuff crap and I went and looked at his and other people's stuff that were all chiming in. Oh yeah, that's, that's garbage. You, you're right. You're right. They all got garbage. I mean, they're all passing the same crap around and saying the same stuff there. It's not productive. It's not mature. It's not like, how do we, talk to one another and come to a, an agreement like, well, I believe this. I believe this might be, you know, you don't have to like somebody's work, but you can just you can question and debate how they arrived at an opinion instead of you're full of crap. That's bull. <laughs> you know, I mean you might as well just flip them off and kill their mothers. You know, I mean what what what, what <laughs> what's gonna stop you from just driving by and throwing a Molotov cocktail through my window? You know, I mean you know, the, the hate is just palatable. And everybody here knows what I'm talking about, you know, whether mm. you have of it or not. Uh, there's another thing, but everybody probably has or you see it and you go, oh, my God, what's wrong with that guy or that girl or woman? You know, it's just it's just bizarre. Is it is it that big a deal? You know, it, well, it is. It is. Yeah, there's a book. That's a good book. Oh, wait, <laughs> maybe it's not. I know the guy that wrote that. I think he's on drugs. you know what I mean so but you know I've written three books and they're all just mostly events from my witnesses you know the last book the one I just put out it's got habituation and visitation paranormal you know uh, very very little of it is your aper your meat and potato I saw one cross the road You know, I've got a woman who saw, you know, uh, five Sasquatch herd 60, 70 deer and uh, kill five and they all walk down with a deer over their shoulder. Watch one night at uh, midnight while she was waiting for her friends to meet her in the middle of the woods. You know, I mean, there's stuff going on that people need to know about and we're busy fighting amongst ourselves. We're not doing our witnesses any favors or anything like that, you know, Um, but, you know, you know, it's not healthy for what we're trying to get done. It's just not, not healthy. And you know, some of the worst offenders or researchers. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, got a question for Chad. What's the weirdest thing you've experienced in the woods?
3: Oh geez. <laughs> it's been a lot <laughs> in the last couple of years. I would say like the stuff that's happened to me. Well, I don't know. The one when we were down in Maryland, in a place we call Gazoo's Woods and i made the, the folkloric mistake of asking for something which you normally shouldn't do
4: oh wow
3: and and tim cringed when i did it <laughs> i bet he and, did and the next thing you know we had this weird just it was almost like a it was like a combination of like an eagle scream and some other odd animal it was just bizarre and it was just this weird noise And I was just like, yeah, it's time to go. But I would say recently the weirdest one had to be definitely when I was standing there and I was recording my friend Caleb at the campfire. And I just kind of looked up to my friend's tent and I just saw that big gray shape loom up. That that was the one I would say was kind of the the weirdest one, you know, because that that spooked me. That was one mm. of the few times I've actually been spooked. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then when you see like a set of red eyes, you're looking at them and then you literally see them blink slowly like a cat and it's up in the tree. That's bizarre too. So yeah, it, <laughs> I've I've had a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> too.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, here's, here's an
0: interesting question uh king of hookah mundo have you guys heard of a canadian saying he has a bigfoot body i have heard so many people who have claimed to have bigfoot bodies over the past 50 years i mean 45 years uh it just drives me crazy of course everybody remembers the georgia bigfoot fiasco and yeah and we've had a few of others in the past as well. But that was probably the most notorious. But uh as far as a Canadian guy, I don't know. There's I don't know. There's a lot of I people if who you're see
2: talking about the dog trainer that has all those videos.
0: Oh, I know who you're talking about. Is that was he in Canada? Yeah, he is in Canada. I think he, he has one on ice. And he'll thaw it
2: out and show you parts of it and then put it back in the freezer. (laughs) I'm trying to think of his name, but he's got a... a, If you go on YouTube and look for dog trainer Sasquatch videos, you might find the guy. And he's nuts. I mean, he is... There's something wrong. Uh. It is an awesome looking body. But I don't believe it's yeah, actually, but this is one his dad I think killed or captured or something a long time ago.
4: Really, uh, got
2: two vocal cords and you know, two larynxes. That's got all this, other, all this other stuff. But yeah, you know who I'm talking about? I can't remember the guy's name.
0: I think I know who you're talking about. He,
2: he trains dogs, or he's a dog boarder, and okay. that's what he does. But he's also has a Sasquatch on ice, and he keeps frozen in his property.
3: I tell you what, if I had a Sasquatch, if I came across a Sasquatch body, I'd make sure at first it wasn't some some person and pretending to be one, but I, I would take that thing, load it up in my truck, and I'd be driving down the Smithsonian that day, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't yeah. just throw it in the freezer.
0: <laughs> well. You know, you hear all these stories. I mean um, I I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard too many people say they've had Bigfoot bodies and this and that. I, I it, it just kind of goes over my head now because, uh, you know, that that whole Georgia Bigfoot thing and then the same guy saying he killed one down in Houston. I mean, you know, what a joke.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the guy now, dog trainer with Sasquatch. I Googled it. Uh, Bigfoot used me to have a baby, grown man cries. Bigfoot, and I have it. He has a, a severed head. I'm looking at all the
0: stuff. If you oh, can... I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember. Is that the guy oh. with the buffalo head? Huh? Is that the guy that has the frozen buffalo
2: head? Well, it looks like a Sasquatch head or a bad model. It looks like it's about you know 20 feet long here. <laughs> Peter Kane, I think is his name. Bigfoot forced me to do it. He's got all kinds of stories.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, but yeah uh
0: if- he's a content creator oh that's the guy that's, that's it. it that's the one I got right there That's it that's the he, he that head looks like a it looks like a dead bison's head
2: yeah it, it's it's bizarre it's got like 27 rows of teeth I, I, yeah I, I can't remember but see this guy is comic relief but when people <laughs> who don't know anything about Sasquatch see this, we look like buffoons. All oh, I know. Your research, because this is the kind of stuff. I mean, they lump you in with it. All the sudden. <laughs> that's the guy. Thanks, Vince. That was good one. Yeah, that was. good.
0: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I knew who it was. Now, yeah, that, that's the guy that has the bison head.
2: <laughs> you know, I never really thought about that. It's about the size of a bison head.
0: Isn't yeah, it? it looks like. A, yeah, it's a bison head. I, that's exactly what it is. Because I called him out on it about two years ago, and you know. So that—that's crazy.
2: Yeah, he's had it frozen for sixty-five years. He's <laughs> waiting for the right time to spring on America. Keep waiting, cowboy. But you know that kind of stuff does hurt us.
4: Yeah, because when really you have
2: the real thing. Uh huh. You know. <laughs> so, but that—that that is him. It's just funny, I man. He was crying about you know getting assaulted, sexually assaulted, and all. I mean it's just like.
0: Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't hear all that. Yeah, Glad but it's,
2: yeah, it's in there. Yeah, Bigfoot used yeah. to have a baby. Read that one. That's a pretty good one. <sighs> yeah, so that's what we're up against, you know. Yeah. With, you know, we're lumped in with, because it's crazy people believe in it. It's a fake. It's a hoax. It doesn't exist anyway. Periods so are all chasing rainbows. And so when somebody like that pops up, he gets all the attention because, well, well look at that. That's wow. That's crazy. You know. He ought to be on, uh, you know, Tonight Show. I mean, mm. that's, that's crazy stuff. But that hurts us. That kind of stuff hurts us. Just sure. like the infighting does, you know. That guy's making a mockery of it. I would hate to think that he has actually got one. I would really probably jump off a building if I knew that he was <laughs> legit. I, I just <laughs>
0: I couldn't. Carter, uh, here's one for you from Vincent. When was the moment you made sure it made you sure that Bigfoot exists?
2: Uh, w- w- when I was leading an expedition for Bigfoot, uh, for BFRO 2014, Missouri, I watched one flat out disappear while I was watching it on thermal camera. It came around a corner. Did not know we were there because we were being quiet. We were maintaining radio silence because we had a party that was lost. So we were just tape, uh, just watching the forest for the glow, so we could see them. And this Sasquatch walked around the corner. It did not see us, and it just poof! It just vanished like a flashbulb went off. I was watching it on my thermal, beautiful thermal signature coming around the curve, and poof! Took one step, two steps, second step, boom. It was gone. Just like that. So I was with the ape crowd. So at that point, I was baptized. And I went from apes only, because I had just gotten into it at that time, to, okay, we're on something else here. This this is bizarre. Well, that was it for me. I mean, that's, mm. that's- my aha moment and no one will ever convince me uh, they're probably flesh and blood but they probably have you know, the ability to uh, operate in both planes of existence you know all, all dimensions all you know, yeah all I
0: mean that's I mean of course that's what I think uh Tommy let me ask you this uh now you've been with us about a year now you weren't really into all this stuff you, 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 you do, you've done a you're a hunter you've been out and outdoors been a lot for a long time all your life. What phenomena, as far as cryptids go, do you believe and don't believe?
1: You know, if you'd asked me that two years ago, I'd have said I don't believe in any of it. But uh, the that, that all changes. The more you see, the more you experience, the more you talk to, that, that all has changed. I, I mean, to me now, anything's on the table. I still personally have never seen a Bigfoot or a cryptid of any type, but it's it's turned pretty wild the past couple years. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, just you take the wood fighting. That's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's oh, yeah. All the hunters that have said, I've been in these woods for 35 years. I've never seen one. If they existed, I'd have seen it. They don't exist. Then you get a call yeah. a couple months later, Uh, can we talk? <laughs> you know, because they they've had the aha moment you know, and you hear that from a lot of people. And I, and I, I understand if you, we are all taught from the day we get out of the birth canal, how the world is, what exists and what doesn't. So the first 20 years of your life, you're told how the world is. Your books, your teachers, your professors, everybody is handed books and they just tell you how things are. So by the time you're 20 to 22, If you go to college, maybe 23 or 4, you know, graduate. You've been brainwashed or conditioned for 20 some odd years. The first 20 years of your life, your formative years of what's what exists, what doesn't, how the world is and how it isn't. That's all you know. You're trusting the people who teach you and talk to you and show you things that this is how the world is. Okay, I believe you. And and, and I was...
1: I was that guy that I've hunted the same property my my entire life, but never experienced anything. But then last year, one day, sitting in a deer stand, beautiful calm day, nothing around. There was a a brilliant blue flash of light that came from behind me. No thunder, no other noise, just a giant blue flash of light. I I, I can't even begin to guess what that was. I don't know
0: interesting
2: but what does it do to your belief system has it elevated you is it moved you up a little a bit i mean uh, oh oh, definitely you at least have an open mind about the because it's hard if you've been taught these things can't happen and you see it like the blue orbs my wife saw a blue orb in our bedroom and i was having an experience 325 miles away with a clan she saw a blue orb flying through our bedroom at nearly the identical time that I was having an event in in Illinois many hundreds of miles away so at some point you have to go okay all this weirdness is there's something something going on you know as long as it gives you a peek into what's maybe going on because that's all it took for me you know I saw that I'm going that just disappeared what you know, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't stoned. My equipment was top notch, a nice flare camera. I, I mean, I, it, everything was fine. And all of a sudden, it, I'm watching this thing. I'm going, what? You know, it changes everything. Just like for you, Tommy. I mean, it just, it just, it changes things. It makes you think differently. You don't necessarily believe all the way, but you're thinking, you know, you're going, well, I can't explain that. Mm, you know, maybe, you know. It's oh, bizarre. The baptism might take a couple of years. Could take twenty minutes. You know, it just depends on where you are at. And what happens to you?
1: And I oh, and I say you've always got to be a little skeptical because if yeah, you're not, yeah, you're yeah. going to be a sucker.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You got to be. You know, and I've I've I flat out asked anybody in my books, "Is this real? Did you stage this? This is your chance." And if I'm standing in front of them in person i'm looking them in the eye if you're going to lie to me lie to my face let's go did you stage this uh, you, you know i mean you just ask them flat out most people don't even expect to be asked that question you, just, you're just going to take their word for it. so when you ask them they got that uh, you can tell a lot by body language and the way they answer or don't you know
0: so you yeah. well guys um Let's go around the horn and get some final thoughts, uh, Chad. You got anything to say?
3: Uh no, I'm pretty good. I mean, we okay. seem to really, <laughs> we seem to really cover a lot of stuff yeah. tonight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, continuing on this journey with everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. to try and figure, to try and, to me, it's not so much. I'm not trying to solve the big question of what all this stuff is. Because personally, I don't think we're never going to find out. And honestly, I don't think we're meant to find out. And and if you get close, you always have that trickster element that kicks in and kicks you back. And uh, so to me, I'm just all about collecting people's stories, you know, bringing, giving people the opportunity to tell their stories and just experiencing it, you know.
4: Right.
3: Yeah, I, that's pretty much how we go when we go out and we investigate. And even when I go out by myself and stuff, you know, I'm not, a, just like you Carter, I was, I'm not out there banging on the trees or anything like that. I just go out and just let it happen. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it just, it just seems to be like, especially if me and Tim are in an area where that's active and I'd say that with air quotes, if it's there, it's going to say hi. You know, yeah. it seems, it seems to be that the more you do this, we call it the eye of Sauron effect. You know, it's like you put the one ring on and for those who knew Tolkien lore <laughs> and, and it, and it likes it likes to say hi and say, Oh, you pay attention. And, um, that seems to be the key. So, but yeah,
0: but that, how about you tell me what, uh, you know, what, what do you expect? I mean, I know, like I said, you, you've been with us for a year or so. You, you've read a lot of what, people have experienced you had a few experiences of your own uh what what do you expect in the future
1: well i have no idea a heck of a ride i'm sure
0: well it's hope I,
1: i i i don't know if i really have any expectations i'm just happy to like chad said just to go out in the woods and be out and about and yeah, whatever happens happens I'm, I'm content just to spend the time in the woods and see what I can find.
0: And you, Carter, I know you've got something to say.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, a couple things, you
2: know, like Rodney King used to say before he passed away, can't we all just get along? You know, the cryptid, not just Sasquatch, but cryptid research in general is fraught with just hate and negativity and everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be the one we're never going to get anywhere. If we are always fighting each other for camera time or show time or whatever time, you know, we can't all be, we're going to do this together. You know, I mean, you know, and that's, that's, part of what I just want to say, investigators, researchers, whatever you call yourselves, quit trying to be so important. Quit trying to be the one just play well with find five researchers. You agree with not on your beliefs, but you agree to disagree and you discuss things. It's easy to do, but nobody wants to do it. You know, that, that's the frustration with me. You know, myself, uh, I'm not getting out in the woods as often, uh, as I am, uh, my habituation properties, because my habituation properties, they have uh, three of the four have got some bizarre, awesome stuff going. And that's where I'm spending my time because they're open and they're honest and they want to tell you the stories. And uh, I'm getting some incredible, and I'm going to call it evidence. It's evidence of activity. I won't say it's proof that they exist. But it's evidence that there's something going on, and so that's where I'm spending my time. You know, if somebody comes comes to you and starts telling you weird stuff. Listen to them. Don't just tune them out because there might be something there. That's got that's where got me where I am. At. I'm, I'm five books later. I might be working on a six. I don't even want to do another one. I'm tired. <laughs> People keep calling me. Because I got a call today. You know, for an email, not a call. But it's just like it keeps coming in because. They know I'll listen. So if you're ever listening to somebody and you're not in the paranormal quantum or woo, which I think is a dirty word factor, listen to some of these people because they got things going on that you're not gonna hear because everybody laughs at them. You know, my books are full of that stuff and everybody's laughing at me instead of my witnesses. So I I designed it that way. Listen to the people that are telling you the weird stuff because that's where
0: it's at. That's yep. where the secrets are at. I agree. Wow. It, it's always best to listen. Yeah. Listen so, guys, I, I appreciate you coming on with me tonight. And uh, we are going to do future shows with the team. And uh, you all have a good weekend. I'll be talking to you soon.
2: All right. See everybody. Enjoyed it.
0: You take care. Now, if you've had a sighting or encounter report that you'd like to be considered for the personal report show or posted on Fams of Monsters, uh, feel free to contact me at my email, Lon Strickler, Famousand Monsters.com. I want to again thank Carter, Tommy, and, and Chad for joining me this evening. And uh, thanks to each and all of you uh, for watching and chatting. If you did make a donation, it's very much appreciated. Please like, subscribe, share, and even comment. Uh, so next Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, my guest will be the alien hunter Daryl Sims. Uh, this will be the first time I've interviewed Daryl, so it should be a very informative show. So make sure you, you come in next Friday night and listen to that. And stay tuned for A Paranormal Life of Bernadette McDaniel with her guest, Duke Sullivan, here on Phantom of Monsters Radio at 11 p.m., Uh, Eastern time. So until we meet again, stay safe and healthy. Good night.